let me get one thing for my dog so she leaves me alone and then I'll be good right back. All right. I knew that feel. Very important. My dog is wandering around out there somewhere. I can hear his nails clicking on the floor. Beans has decided he wants to be in the office, but we'll see if he stays quiet or not. Aww. Sometimes he likes to just audibly lick himself for 20 minutes at a time. So love for Alicia not to have to edit that. Yeah. <laughs> 20 minutes is He's in there, which, yeah. you know, not all God's creatures have thumbs. So you do what yeah, you gotta. <laughs> is this Beans? No, Beans is lying down. This is Hobbit. We have a menagerie. Say hi, Abby. With white whiskers on one side, but not on the other. Oh, that's because he's a terror and he fights the other two. And so Hellcats have those cute, like, eyebrow whiskers. Uh-huh. His are never there because he's always getting, like, his shit rocked. Like, oh, shit. It, oh, buddy. It, my cats have mostly stopped fighting each other. I, Oswald got a real good scratch on the nose when he was a kitten from Suzuku. But now they're, like, best buds and they cuddle and everything. They cuddle sometimes, but he mostly likes to pounce on the other two. Oh, is he the youngest? He and Mango are the same age, but okay. basically, yes. He's like the smallest. Oh, okay. He's the little rapscallion. Exactly. That's Oswald in this house, even though he's not the smallest, but he is the youngest. Welcome to Cat Chat. Cat Chat. Cat Chat is fun because isn't chat like French for cat? It's yeah. It's redundant. Yeah. Yeah. The chat chat. I don't know what the French word for chat is, though. Like chat GPT. They call it shit or I mean, they can also call it shit if they want. I certainly will. Good evening and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the show where we hold horror to standards it absolutely never agreed to. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the podcast where we hold horror to progressive standards it never agreed to. Tonight, we're talking about Mary Shelley's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Uh, it, it's an angry black girl and her monster. I am your host, Jeremy Whitley, and with me tonight, I have a panel of cinephiles and cenobites. First, they're here to challenge the sexy werewolf, sexy vampire binary, my co-host, Ben Kahn. Ben, how are you tonight? Oh, I am here to give a big round of applause for best dad in ever, Chad Coleman, in this movie. Yeah. yeah. I was so happy when I realized it was Chad Coleman playing the dad. Yeah, absolutely. And the cinnamon roll of Cenobites, our co-host, Emily Martin. Emily, how are you tonight? Also appreciating best dad. It's not often you get sad dad and best dad in the same character, but here we sad are. Dad and red dad. Oh, a, a very sad dad. Yeah, a very sad, good dad trying his best. Yes. Yeah, those are, two, of... those are usually two different horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> and our guest tonight, two of our favorite pals, comics reviewer and co-host of Talking Comics Podcast, Aaron Amos, and English educator Emmanuel Lipscomb. Guys, thanks for coming. Hello, hello. Happy to be here. Yeah, we're glad to have you guys. This one was uh, one that's been on our list for a little bit since it came out and uh, wanted to get it in here and get some folks in to talk about it. Uh, a little bit about it up front. It is uh, written and directed by uh, Bomani J. Story, who's got a few credits to his name, but this is, I, I think, first, like, at least horror full-length film. It doesn't have a whole lot, but it is. it has a great cast. It stars Leia DeLeon Hayes and sort of the, the main role. We have uh, Denzel Whitaker. Yeah. Yes, he's great. 
Yeah, Denzel Whitaker, we have Chad C. Coleman, Riley Brooks, Sith, Keith Holiday, and uh, Edom Atsu Swansea doing a lot of growling mostly, but you know, it's very effective growling. Uh, he growls like a motherfucker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Very, very growling. growling. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's not not especially thick on plot. It's it's a lot of suspense and uh, a little bit of violence. And we we do follow Vicaria, who is our, our main character, uh, who is played by Leia de Leon Hayes. She's lost her mother and brother to gang violence. We sort of find out during the opening credits and we see her drag her brother's body off. We find out she's become obsessed on this mission to cure death, which she sees as a disease. She's been, to that effect, stealing a bunch of bodies of people who keep getting killed in her neighborhood. I would assume largely to gang and police violence from, from what we're told. She's having a bad time with school with her a racist teacher, but her dad has her back. Don't worry, that will not come up again. We have like literally just one scene in the, the school and I was all ready we, for that to be a big part of this story. And then they're just like, now established. The teacher also, did it though. She was a piece of shit. Like, we yeah. also get... Oh, reference that they have a German sounding last name. They never yes. say what the name is, but we all know. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It took it's me a while Von, to read. It's Von. I literally Von. just got that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really dumb despite being smart. I like didn't get that. For like half the movie, I thought Bomani J story was like an alias for Bomani Jones. This is just like his pen name. <laughs> oh, it- <laughs> somebody somebody cloned Bomani Jones and Tim Story together and made one guy. They did the fusion dance. <laughs> he has his own story. Yeah, so uh, as, as you might guess, it's sort of a Frankenstein-y story about her bringing her brother back and then just like in Frankenstein, she gets scared of him and he he actually legit goes on a rampage. Uh, he's got some some ill-defined powers. It seems that something about his his touch. I don't know if it's because he's animated by electricity or what and burns people. He also um, has the biggest hands. Oh where yeah. The, where the fuck did Vicaria find like someone like those with those like fucking big ass kabasa fingers? Those I think meaty she made, digits. Yeah, I think she made them from like each digit from scratch, and I think there were like multiple layers. Because she probably the top layers kept rotting off, and she was like, "Ah, shit, I gotta do another one." That's, I mean, sometimes was... you gotta double bag your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got those Andre the Giant sized hands. One um, thing I love about this movie is that the theme isn't, or the lesson isn't, beware of science gone too far. The theme is good science requires multiple trials. Yes. It's very much like a, hey, if you're going to do it, use fresh. Like, then, hey, what are you <laughs> yeah. doing? Like, you, you can't let, it's like fish. You can't let this sit out. Watch like, any <laughs> fucking kitchen nightmares episode. I was going to say, what they they say Ramsey message. <laughs> I'm keep your science simple, fresh, delicious. <laughs> Finally, some good real. fucking resurrection. <laughs> Oh, really... She gets sort of tangled up with the, the local drug dealer who was played by Denzel Whitaker. His name is Kango, who will make a surprise face turn at one point in this movie. He's set up to be like the bad guy through a good chunk of it, uh, even though he has his uh, henchman, Jamal, whose goal is to like whose entire job is to be like, I'm gonna fucking kill somebody. Uh, the yeah. whole movie. <laughs> like, guy with just, machete. 
Hey, being vaguely unstable and carrying a machete around the projects, like Kango, the strangely woke, socially aware drug lord. I mean, I kind of love that about him. Oh, I loved it. No, he has a great line. Like, I think you could legit write an essay about it. He has one of my favorite lines in the movie where he says, like, if there were more mental health clinics and less police, I'd be in a whole other hustle. I love that she clowned him on that, though. She's like, what? (laughs) What would that be? She got real bold for someone talking to, like, the local gang leader. Like, I know. With, like, a machete to... Yeah. Like, she had a machete to her throat multiple times. And... Yeah. She had the ability to make me so irritated with her while at the same time rooting for her. I was just like, I really need you to shut up, but keep talking because I really like what you're saying. No, it's like no, part of the thing with her with her teacher i'm like yo you're being kind of rude right now like i get you got a point to make but like if i were teaching you i'd be annoyed yeah, yeah. like i want to see all the other instances like I, w- I wish we'd gotten one she's like she just keeps bringing up death like i wish we'd gotten a montage of her just relating every school subject back to like by the way i can cure death yeah i kind of I mean, wish there was more of her like process like, I wish bit. we got to see her in history class where they're like, George Washington crossed the Delaware. She's like, I could bring, I him, bring back. him back. <laughs> <laughs> I do I don't know. Like, he's not very fresh. <laughs> I, I do like that you got her, I almost want to call her, her, her oral thesis, you know, in the opening credits. Like, this is where I first saw, you know, signs of this disease. And, and, and this is where I saw another sign of this disease. And, you know, and then such and such began to present symptoms. That, I was like, okay, I like the way they're doing that. And they're, yeah, she's a wackadoodle, but still, I like the way they're, you Look, know, she they're is, doing this. She is very much a medical luminary of the 19th century where medical science was just like, yeah, fucking get some dead bodies on the down low and go to town. See yeah, what you're gonna do cocaine about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I what we have going on right now is, I mean, other than the like the resurrection, we don't have people making uh Frankenstein monsters all over the place, although sometimes I feel like it. But the the kind of weird ah, Fox News joke, uh, ah, um, <laughs> the kind of like medical superstitions that we have where people might as well be like doing cocaine for the ghosts in their blood. For, you know just like pandemic wise but i just wanted to mention that like in that way i kind of like on one hand i kind of wish that we had a little bit more of like how she did it but at the same time like i it's not about that and it's not about science because the science already is is you know vague at best right. because the I, mary shelley story is based on alchemy which is magic no i wondered about that like where is she getting this gear how did she learn to do this like i i there's a lot of things that I put together as a kid, things involving like substations and lightning that's man-made were not a part of it. This is how I knew I grew up with too much Dexter's laboratory and Jimmy Neutron. Cause I watched like this girl genius in her secret lab and I'm like, no questions. Yep. (laughs) This checks it out. The only thing that I was, I was disappointed by and her, I mean, there were a few things where I'm like, this doesn't, I don't know if this would work, but you know, it's magic territory. So I don't care. But then the fact that she didn't use, eye protection i mean just like the regular plastic safety goggles i was a little concerned for her in that regard because i'm like i know that you're obsessed and i know that you're like you know a mad scientist and stuff but like even mad scientists wear goggles 
I mean, an electrician would wear goggling gloves and boots, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I think she probably had like a mat or something, but you know. Yeah, maybe the weak ass ones. <laughs> Good on her for for acquiring those Tesla coils, though, because like, damn. Oh, yeah, she could build a fucking Iron Man suit in that lab. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean she's. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that is very close to the Ironheart origin story from the comics. Oh, Riri is short for Vicaria. Yeah. Yeah. Down to like the, the, you know, the gangland murderers. I like this version of Riri better than the one we got in Wakanda forever. So question, how much Febreze do you need to prevent people from smelling dead bodies in a room? Because that dude was ripe. You can't yeah. convince me otherwise. Oh, yeah, yeah, and there was a lot of him, too. And he should not have been able to sneak up on people that easily. Like, like, well, and he's also like, we don't talk about Brunoing in the wall right there while y'all eat. <laughs> like, you can't smell that. So, but then again, yeah. maybe maybe that's just the normal smell. I mean, I mean, there's a hole into an abandoned apartment there that's like literally boarded up. So it probably has a pretty rough smell to begin with. I mean, you got, plus you got Jada just being like, the creepiest fucking nine-year-old for no goddamn reason yeah yeah she was really hitting that like creepy kid trope i kept expecting her to be like of course he is i've been telling him to kill i love that i jada in the mastermind (laughs) i love how creepy she is because she is super creepy when she's not being creepy she's saying her abcs with attitude like like, yeah, she's great when she's saying her ABCs and when she's like giving attitude. I, you know, I kind of wish she was giving attitude the whole time and not being like, they're here. You know, it just feels a little bit off, like out of character for her. I uh, will say the creepy laughs for her at time took me out of it because I'm like, all right, you walked right up to the edge and then said, yeah, I'm going to jump right on over and give you the full on. At one point, I like literally expected her to start twirling her mustache and like wringing her hands or something <laughs> like that. Because I'm like, you are leaning into this crazy kid routine. So, I mean, I speaking kinda... of speaking of doing a lot, what did you guys feel about Aisha? I kind of liked it. I was just thinking like, I like that Aisha has like her like, even her mom's like, yo, you're hotep. And like, she's got all her opinions <laughs> and is clearly like, that was such education. a great line. That and was then so good. Tango like has his little like views on society in the world. Like it's not like Fakaria is the only smart one in that. Oh, like, yeah. All of these people have something going on. Like, well, yeah. I liked how it was different kinds of intelligence too. Like yeah, Fakaria's very much got that like scientific knowledge, and then here's Aisha ready to be like the pregnant Fred Hampton. <laughs> I, I appreciate that name. they had her mom <laughs> calling her out on it in there because it was like. I'm not sure how seriously the film wants us to take her. Like, you know, no. I your mom was like, yo, you're wild. Anyone there, like, just going yeah. around giving children books from Malcolm X? Respect. <laughs> yeah. Based even, I might go so far to say. That is also the smallest Malcolm X copy I've ever seen in my life. Like, yeah. Hey, you gotta keep, po- got keep your pocket sized Malcolm on, yeah. <laughs> that's just one she had she didn't go get that that was like in her pocket it's, that was yeah. a spare that was a spare yeah, yeah. Uh, I, also, wait. I, I liked the way that i mean what were there there were like literally what what would you say like four sets if you want to yeah like basically the, yeah there were four yeah. sets there was the lab a couple the of planets, the school and then yeah. the outside and the couch throne was almost its own set so i mean i love that it gave uh that sort of scale and scope to 
I mean, their world, their world is essentially this small space. Cause at some point you're just like, all right, why don't you get the hell out of there and just sort of leave the neighborhood. But then, you know, it, it set the boundaries, just seeing those places repeating themselves sort of set the boundaries for how big this world was and the, how much of a community it, it really was because, you know, and when I say that, I don't mean all right, everybody embracing everyone community, but it's just it's yeah. a community. It's got all the parts and pieces, the parts you love, the parts you don't. And it's your community and you're just there. You know, yeah. this, when, this is where, your world. And everybody we, knows each other. Where do we think the movie took place? I, I definitely got a lot of Atlanta vibes from it. I, I couldn't tell. Their accents like didn't scream any particular place. Yeah, I was yeah. trying to figure out. I was like it trying said to it was filmed in thing. North Carolina. So Really? Yeah, I or at least partially filmed in North Carolina. It it has those it has those low rise two floor projects mm-hmm. that North Car- like Durham has a lot of oh, old okay. ones, and uh, Atlanta I'm sure has them. And I, I you yeah. know, they were really like they were a big part of like the wire as well. Like, those, yeah, you know. I definitely got a lot of that. Like it it really was this feeling where it's like it very much still feels like a city, yet nothing is walkable. Yeah, like quite walkable. Like yeah, everything it, feels both like there's nowhere else to go, but everything's still like too spaced out. Yeah, it's it's a low income housing project. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only thing that really flagged me as anywhere was the school, and the school felt kind of well. It definitely felt East Coast to me, but yeah, every, I can't everything really think... feels pretty East Coast. I mean, the yeah. the, the neighborhood could be in LA for for all it matters other than the yeah the the well greened lawn ah droughts I don't know they had collards at dinner and I think of that as a southeast thing oh yeah that's true that's true I don't know I grew up in Buffalo we had collards of course all my grandparents were from Alabama so never mind carry on (laughs) man I'm like but you're black that (laughs) carry on yes I, I see that I see the thread never mind I think we could definitely. I think we can pinpoint like southeast. Yeah, somewhere somewhere between Maryland and Georgia. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> which also begs the question about the weather and the amount of heat that was involved with the uh, again that the lab is, that lab is fucking ripe. Yeah, she may have. Well, for all we know, I mean, she's cured death, so maybe she's cured stink as well. Like who say it's. Probably for the best that she's not in the southeast if it, you know, yeah. dealing with that humidity. Like, yeah. I don't know, she might have been hallucinating because she she does some like giggling while she's taking bodies apart in the lab. That was, I know, it was supposed to be unsettling, yeah. but even still, was like, what are you giggling at though? Like, I was like, why I are mean, you holding you it so just... close to your face? I mean, that do you never weird. just kind of laugh yeah. and smile to yourself when you're playing with your action figures? Well, I'm like, well, you mean, went back to the whole like PPE thing, like no mask, no like goggles, like <laughs> how like I would be livid if a dead body like splashed in my mouth while I'm trying to make my little Frankenstein monster. <laughs> yeah. And it's her brother, too. Like, it's not I mean, it's weird to be like, I don't I wouldn't see my brother as I mean, I'm an only child, so I don't know. <laughs> but no it, it's hard for me. <laughs> it's hard for me to think about like tying like pork cutlets to my brother's face to make it whole again and then yeah. being like you but know if, if there was a weakness to me in the story it was the timetable just because like i was like i'm not sure how long it's been since her brother died i mean we find out later that aisha is pregnant with his child so it's been less than nine months since he died right. 
um, but it's unclear just how long because I, I guess her, her father has had an entire downward spiral since then and has somewhat come up from that it's yeah that that was all a little unclear to me yeah um, but yeah she she resurrects her brother he comes back as sort of an seemingly aggressive monster just like in actual frankenstein she doesn't really make much effort to try and talk to him and like see if no, she things can she, be cool she kind of locks him in a, a garage well, and runs off even before that her first to me i think was like great you are now my like attack dog on command punch through that window steal those drugs beat up that innocent drug dealer Oh no! You you beat oh. up that innocent drug dealer too much. That's just being an older sibling, like <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, if we like, I guess it's one thing. Like, do we believe that this is like truly Chris revived, or is this a la classic Frankenstein an entirely new being? In which case, and if it is in his like ten minutes of existence, all he's been told is like. Break stuff, steal stuff, attack people. Yeah, I think I, I read it as it was actually Chris. Like I yeah. think it was supposed to be Chris, but he was having trouble being Chris because everybody was calling him a monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, he'd been dead yeah. for several months, so nothing was working quite the way it's supposed to. Yeah, I was a yeah. Like Vic- Vicaria has that line where she's like, "They called him a monster, so he became one." And I'm like, "That's sure about they. Maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a li- maybe a little we in there." <laughs> I mean, yeah, you were doing maybe, the playing God here. Yeah, girl. maybe let's not act like uh, you're quite blameless in this situation. Did no one question how she dragged that body from wherever he died to wherever she needed to? Well, to that was do all the work. CrossFit. I loved that where well, they're like, "Oh yeah, just CrossFit. like we've got a body snatcher on the loose." Like, where's the prequel where she's just going around like following like? Anyone who she thinks might die or kill somebody and be like, yeah, I got one. Well, so this is a big dude. It's not like she just yeah. like threw him McCurry's, over the shoulder and like, hopped into the bushes. in that lab, too. She just, oh, yeah. yeah. No, she's powerful. Like, I fully believe that she's just powerful, especially how she just fends off like this whole gang of guys and like dude with machete and all <laughs> she, just... she knows she can suplex all of them. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I love yeah. the like continuation of her as an actress going from Doc McStuffins to this, though. I've got to say, like, it's just <laughs> the idea that this is still the same character to me is just too too delightful to pass up. Just, this is just Doc McStuffins. And one yeah. day she and she will master life and death to, and finally put Doc McStuffins in his place. Yeah, I think Well, are we done with recap yet? Or uh, so well, I mean, so from this point, there's a lot of like he's hiding out in the walls or hiding out in the abandoned apartment next door. The little girl is is playing with him, and sometimes he growls the ABCs. Yeah, yeah they, good for him. Next time, girl, will you best sing friends. with me? Yeah, uh, she's being creepy, and uh, because because she gets seen with this mysterious guy that nobody knows who it is who kill who beats up, and eventually will have killed one of the drug dealers. So. You know, he'll die later on. She gets recruited to do some some drug making uh, with her chemistry set uh, and, you know, does so for a while until like things start to go sideways. And she decides that she's just going to give them back their drugs that she stole and call it a day so that their family can live in peace. But unfortunately, it's too late for that. Her brother has killed. Uh, well, it's unclear whether her brother or Jamal ultimately killed one or more police officers. 
And then on top of that, he kills several more people. Uh, oh, Maul yeah. turns on Kango and then puts his puts his machete through his shoulder bone, which apparently is just enough to make you limp a little bit. So <laughs> he does make a comeback, and and what's well, the, the the nerves? It's like the show. It's like the the limping nerves are connected to the shoulder bone. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah I learned that in there. Yeah, there's, I, there aren't uh, any important like, arteries that close Look, to your neck, I'm sure. Jerome starts out with multiple character traits and over the course of the movie goes like, I'd kind of like to just have one and I'd like that one trait to be machete. I think that's what I get in love about Kango is he still has that complexity of like, oh, he's kind of thoughtful. He gets one of the funniest <laughs> lines, I think, in this movie when Vicaria has changed to go cook the drugs or whatever. She walks out. He's like, don't be sleeping at my fucking door. Wine shirt ass. And I like fell off the couch. Like That also made me realize that like, you know, while I obviously can't repeat the N-word part of the insult, a really effective way to insult anybody is just pick like an article of clothing they happen to be yes. wearing and then like wear an ass motherfucker. <laughs> it's That's, it. That's how that it's works. It's just like gray sweatshirt ass looking motherfucker. <laughs> I almost would be intrigued. It's all you like need. I, it always works. Yeah, like if if I mean that's kind of a fun insult. Like that's a. It is. Yeah, yeah. I'm like he's oh, funny. It, he's smart. He loves his grandma. Like, well, I mean, <laughs> like, we were all thinking of it. it. Was I, as soon as she came around the corner, I was like, right. well, that's off putting. Like, what? What's that all about? I don't know. I at that point, I like completely forgot that she was going to make drugs. I'm like, what was behind that choice? I mean, I feel like you're smarter than that. Why are you wearing the white shirt? She was, yeah, she was wasting, wasting away in Margaritaville. Like, Kango <laughs> honestly feels like he got lost on the way from a John Singleton movie. It's all right. So, first of all, I struggle with putting Kango in the hero column. I feel like I, I, same. I, is this I, morally complex? Like, surprisingly three dimensional? I feel like he's an asshole with layers. But, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say I will agree that he's complex. But I mean, in the end, he basically let somebody put a machete to a girl's throat and yeah. into yeah. drug servitude. So, so Maul, you know, I mean, the, like, how I want to know how I got these scars? Like, I, I don't know about heroic, but he does do a full like face turn, and that like he gets a machete put halfway through his shoulder, and then decides to go chase the dude down to keep him from to keep him from killing uh, uh, Vicaria, and then like. We're definitely it's not like, how are we like, going to kill this monster together? You and I, we're going to figure this out. And she's like, oh, I need somebody to do this thing that will almost certainly get him killed. And he's like, cool, I'm on it. <laughs> like, I mean, he does have that. The level of Dimitri from the first purge. Yeah, I was going to say. Quasi mythical folk hero drug dealer of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I was just noticing this interesting connection between these two movies and like these drug lords that are suddenly like redeem themselves and i don't think um kanga really redeems himself yeah. that much i mean he's he like sacrifices himself and like okay good you know like that's the least he can do because of all the lives that he's made shitty by like dealing drugs and you know contributing to gang warfare and stuff like that that's so funny that you, you see that because i'm like did he that's interesting I'm, I'm really literally thinking about that now because i was just like all right he knew he didn't know how to stop that monster. So why? <laughs> so he needed to make sure that she got out to go do it. So I, it's interesting that it, I could see now having heard you say that, that, yeah, he sacrificed himself. But at the time I was just like, all right, well, I mean, he he the one to I leave. mean, 
that man definitely has a car. He just could have gone and got in the car yeah. and, and like, yeah, I'm going to go to the true. emergency room, get this shoulder looked at. Y'all have to the monster. Yep. Yeah. True. And his whole thing about like, if there were more medical clinics or whatever, like that was, that was diversion. Like yeah. that was hardcore diversion. Like, you know, he was, he was being flip and he was being clever, but he also, you know, was making excuses. Well, th- right. Well, that was also a double down on the statement where, again, she was blaming him for getting the drugs to her father. And he was basically equivocating by saying, well, when I saw him, he looked like he was about to kill himself. So the drugs basically gave you more time with him because at least now he's just he just effed up. Uh, But he's still alive. I was like, I I see your logic there, but you're still an asshole. So even that logic is why it's like, if you think about it, I did the right thing. Yeah, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I was just like, He sounds okay. like a guy. He's a guy who's had a lot of practice of being like. Actually, it turns out that the right thing is the thing that I wanted to do. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some, there's some lawyering going on. Where's this guy in the Devil's Advocate? That's where I'm wondering. Like, what, what do you think we were supposed to take from that? Was it his mom or grandmother? I think it's again just his complexity layers. Yeah, I think it's. I think we're supposed to take that like. He's not like a good dude, but he is also a dude who's like been also very affected by this cheapening of life. That seems to be like the defining like poison of this community. Yeah, and life isn't cheap life for him. Is. Like he's not willing to kill out of anger. He's not willing to kill senselessly. He's like, no, I mean, my guy's still alive. You're fine. You're still going to come work for me until I get my drugs back. But like, I'm not just going to off you to prove a point. Like, it's interesting because, all right. So I, I grew up in in projects like that. Well, until I was like ten. The theory, the rationale is all right. There's all this other shit that happens around you. There's all this other stuff that goes on to a point. But you, what you don't do is let the body stack up because then that just draws too much attention from, yeah. <laughs> from the outside. Right. So if yeah. you're a drug dealer. You really don't want to have too many bodies stack it up because then that'll eventually come point back to you and jack up your business model. So when he was doing all that, I was just like, all right, is he just trying to protect his uh, pipeline or is this really like sentiment? I could see it going both ways, but yeah, uh, I, I was sort of just, I was going back and forth. I'm like, what, what are his real motivators here? And maybe it was a little bit of both, I guess, to be honest. I think that's fun. I think that that complexity of like the, are you kind of a good person or is this just is the most logical step for you is is the fun of it i will okay i will say i chuckled though when you know he was going up against jamal and he's like you heard what i said and i'm like fool he's like 50 pounds heavier than you with a machete right he is trying to like stand up to jamal and jamal is like a full head taller yeah so he got like 30 pounds of muscle at least on him you're like, like trying I, to pull some alpha shit right there. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I don't know what kind of power structure put you all in the spots that you were in, but I feel like the guy with the machete wins. Yeah. Like if a guy is already way bigger and stronger than you, and then he also has a machete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, you said skill issues. Nope. Yeah. Get good. <laughs> get good. Yeah. So we then have, uh, she, she runs back to her house. She discovers that her monster brother has, has killed her dad and has a good cry about it. Jamal shows up to to fight her, having sufficiently uh, hatcheted his boss. 
And they, uh, you know, boss then, like I said, shows back up to, to fight about it again. Ultimately, you know, Chris kills Jamal and the other two, you know, run away. Kango is like, all right, what do we got to do to kill this thing? She's like, I'm going to need two, two pieces of equipment. One's in my lab and one is, you know, here in the house and, uh, sends him back out with the, the monster to get the other equipment and runs to her lab. He, he makes it all the way to the lab before getting snatched somehow. He, he leaves the equipment behind, but there's no sign of him, which I think is the other, the other argument for him being a hero in this, because it's, it's rare that a villain gets in, you know, off screen bloodless death in a, a movie like this. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, she gets everything together and manages to take Chris out only to then discover that in this process, Chris has killed Aisha and the, you know, the other kid, I believe the other kid's name is Freeman in this, along with Sequoia, her mom. And the only way to deal with this is to then try to bring them all back to life because they're, they're freshly killed. It does work this time. And she brings... She brings back Aisha and her unborn baby, who we find out his name is Victor, um, which I just I felt like one too many for me at that point. I, I, did, I didn't get it. I'm I, like, I, that's not how that's not how you spell Vicario. Why, why would you name him Victor? Completely the missed the Frankenstein. Coming back with all that, like that to me, I'm like, is this baby going to go join the dark universe now? <laughs> He's like the Frankenstein baby. He's going to go team up with Tom Cruise's mummy. How could you tell he was alive? He kicked. Kicking? Yeah, oh, I, I was that, like, that's I, what I assumed. I, I, yeah. I feel like I would probably assume that the gazillion joules of electricity going through my body may have a, a little thing to do with that as well. But, you know, I feel I like it was a strange have... day, so maybe anything's possible. Yeah. We had I the mean, plot yeah. detail earlier where she had to pee and she talked about how he was like tap dancing on her bladder. Her bladder so yeah. the baby's yeah. been moving. Yeah. I think she knows what that feels like. Ken, like this... you were dead and now you're not. And you're lying on a table. I still feel like there's all types of possibilities of what could be going on, or, you know, inside her at that point. But yeah, I mean, I think at this point we just need if we need to like, I mean, if the movie needs us to just put believe. the narrative. Yeah, yeah I'm narrative sure that together. kid isn't going to wind up being some sort of Frankenstein blade hybrid. <laughs> I mean, if I'll watch that movie, <laughs> Bladens. <laughs> Bladens. Yeah. You can go team good. up with the zombie, the zombie baby from Dawn of the Dead. Oh, I would love to see like a toddler in like a cutoff leather duster. Like, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Bolts. Some motherfucker just got a toddle uphill. So, the, yeah. the And also that she did the It's Alive yes. bit, which I kind of love that. I kind of love the Victor and I kind of love the it's a live thing. I thought, because I'm, I'm like, oh, you, oh, you should say it. Just say it. And they did. And I'm like, okay, thank you. And it was at the end of the movie and it didn't feel cheesy, you know. It, yeah, the like, direct it, Frankenstein it, references were coming a little hot and yeah. heavy at the end of the movie, but. Yeah. I mean, I, I think mean, that, that was the best time for it. because That they still- keep flashing to her notebook that literally says the modern prometheus yeah <laughs> yeah which i mean i i like the idea i think it's a really cool idea and i think that the movie had a really cool idea and i i thought it was like just be literal with it don't don't fuck around just be like i, I thought that was fine the the parts that bothered me other than creepy overacting girl were the just like the Marilyn Manson video, like new metal video editing. Like I was, I felt like that was a little much. 
because there was so much cool shit going on around that that didn't need like editing jump scares like you had I felt like sorry go ahead oh you go you go no i just i felt like it was kind of by necessity like i bet if you linger on chris or you linger on the equipment it all starts to look a little goofy and so you're like hey let's kind of keep a soft focus jump cut kind of i just felt like there would be a better way like it, it wouldn't take me out as much if it wasn't like you know get scared get scared jump cut right. kind of thing but because they're like a lot of the the when they would cut to like the gore, I thought that was really effective, like because it was so amorphous and gross. And like when he smashed that cop's head, and it became like pet jelly. And I they was like, damn, they really skimp on the like the gore at all. Yeah, I was having a bad day. Yeah, I mean, that was you know, the I last like day. The, like effect that it has when Chris touches people, like the scars that Vicaria uh, gets on her arm. Yeah, and then like, like show up later. Yeah, it's like it's like weird burns from his hands. There's his his baseball mitts. There's yeah. one scene I really want to talk about and get everyone's opinions on because I thought it was a really interesting one. And it was when they're having their family dinner, and the cops come and Chad Coleman just like barricades the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that had there there was layers to that because I guess. You know, they're banging the door down. They're trying to get in. They, they, you know, I guess if you, not to like call upon any attorneys here, but, you know, I think the, I think the point that was trying to be made there was, you know, this being treated like subhumans and being wrangled up like cattle and, and, you know, and there's no expectation that your rights are going to be, you know, your rights are going to be preserved. But at the same time, there's the exact expectation that they're going to bash her head in if you let that, if you open that door and let them in, they're going to take every opportunity to, you know. So it's sort of just like, all right, well, if we can, we can avoid, if we can show that we know what's what and we can avoid opening the door to let them in, because I, my assumption was they knew that the minute they quote unquote let them in, then, you know, has half of their rights out the door right there. And yeah. so that, that's, you know, it was sort of, reinforcing in my head that reinforced because you you remember they were sitting there having like a nice little family you know dinner that reinforced where they actually are you know in the world and where this is happening it also in my mind to be 100 percent honest with you was making the point because your first thought would be all right there's things murdering people why don't you just call the police well that's why we're not calling the police yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I do have to admit that question never even occurs to me. At no point in yeah. watch this movie was I like, <laughs> Same. Hey, I they was... should get the police involved. Like, even beyond knowing that they're useless in every horror movie, I'm like, don't fucking involve them. Well, the, in this. just the fact that this movie starts with two of her relatives dying, yeah. and she has to like become yeah. a mad scientist in yeah. order to deal with it. You know, justice is not working. You know, the justice system has failed from the start. Well, I guess I was trying to piece all the parts together where my issue was just like, I wish we could find out who took the body. And when they were talking about all the, the body snatchers and all the bodies that are disappearing, and my thought was, well, wow, I guess this is where you would have to say, all right, are the police on this? But then we all know that, you know, yeah, as yeah. long as their bodies from that environment, from that neighborhood, the police really don't care what happens. So, you know, it was all just sort of doubling down on, on they are not a resource 
of support for anyone in this film. And yeah. here's why. The only time that they do anything is when a cop gets killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're cops and they start as cops, but they certainly like turn their attitude once they catch the monster. You know, at first they're like, sir, are you feeling okay? And then they, you know, immediately mm-hmm. are like, we're going to kill you, essentially. But then, you know, the how the how the turns have tabled. Now, was the other cop sitting there while the first cop was getting his face bashed in and just like not doing anything? Because I felt like he was being pretty inactive. You know? I think he was doing I mean... some shooting and then he was running away because, okay. yeah, because the shooting was not working. That's at least what I remember. But, you know, n- that whole scene, I don't remember. Real, very we've well. tried bullets and we're all out of ideas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, the main thing I remember from that scene is like the jellied head of that cop. So I don't remember <laughs> much around that. I'm actually curious as to how everybody feels about the the decision that this is sort of a nod, like mainly a nod to the film version of the Frankenstein monster. Because in Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, the monster was very articulate and had needs and wants and desires and had like, you know, all of his poetry that he was doing. And, you know, making the fact that I, I feel like that was sort of balanced out by the fact that she made she she brought her uh aunt back to life and all that kind of stuff or her her sister-in-law his sister-in-law and uh you know she brought all of them back to life and they were immediately like back to normal but how do we feel about the decision to be for the monster to be inarticulate and kind of childlike and that in its in its way i mean real it feels realistic science Typically, which again, applying any kind of scientific realism to this is foolish, but in the sense where it's just like, yeah, yeah, you had that fucking brain just lying there for however long. Yeah. Somewhere between like zero, somewhere between one and nine months, I'm going to say. Yes. Uh, So, you know, I'm not, I'm not surprised that like, like you said, it's like the moral of the story isn't don't play God. It's like, you know, don't do science on stuff that you left in the sun for a while for like the the scientific equivalent of mayonnaise left out in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Have there I mean, been movies that did the articulate poetic feeling monster? I mean, I, there was oh, Mary Shelley Frankenstein. Yeah, where Mar- Robert De Niro played the monster. Yeah, Penny like, Dre- Dreadful definitely went that route. Wrote, that's not a word. Route. <laughs> yeah, definitely. At least like in the, when they did the Royal Shakespeare uh, play with Benedict Cumberbatch and Johnny Lee Miller. That, he was still a monster, but he was eloquent as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I think like, for me, I feel like this was the, the way to do it just because otherwise you would have them like, because they seem to have made the decision that this is Chris, like that this is yeah. her brother. He recognizes things. Uh, so like you can't have the sort of like, oh, he's like a toddler learning new things, you know, excited to meet people and learn things and, and stuff. You know, you can't have the, the blind old man scene with him in here. But like, I think that ultimately doing it that way is, is what makes sense. And, you know, it, it is sort of it does mirror the book in a lot of ways as well of just sort of the way and I you know this happens in the movie to some extent too the sort of like way that she is immediately frightened by you know what he can do and is then like you know what I'm just not going to 
see him at all. I'm just going to lock him inside this thing and then leave him there. And uh, I'm sure that'll sort itself out. Yeah, I well, I think especially since considering what we were talking about earlier with her basically telling him to break stuff or defend her and things like that. I just felt like there was a little bit of I mean, I don't know where where that decision stands in the message of the movie, because he's not a monster. Like the idea is that he wasn't a monster unless he was told he was a monster. But she also kind of told him he was a monster. And, you know, that's that's also what, you know, that happens in the book where Dr. Frankenstein makes a monster and then is afraid of it, even though it is, you know, articulate and it's not being like, I'm going to punch, you know, or whatever. But that's, you know, that's a quote from the from the book. That's some of the poetry. Yeah, it's some of the poetry that he does. Yeah. (laughs) But that's why why I was curious, because like. Do we need him to be like, we don't need him to be childlike, but do we need him to be inarticulate? Do we need to make a point of him learning how to speak? Uh You know, if she's trying to make a point of like, well, he's not a monster because I don't know. I felt like the the pacing of that message was a little confusing to me. I feel like that's too difficult a story to tell in two hours. If your monster can reason with you and yeah, this this is. That's sort of symptomatic of, of the problem that I do have with this movie, which is that it doesn't seem to have made the decision whether it wants to do a strictly sometimes magical realism, uh, straight adaptation of Frankenstein just in a different setting or whether it wants to do a Frankenstein story, you know, with this this character in this setting, because it does like alternate between this really like hard shot incredibly like serious you know gangland stuff and like the not quite science uh somewhat magical aspects of the you know the frankenstein stuff and it goes back and forth between uh, being a very realistic crime drama and a gothic horror and doesn't quite nail down where it wants to be on that scale yeah because I see a few of the the movie is very loud about certain messages. Mm-hmm. And I sure. feel like the whole situation with the the freshness versus the non-freshness of the of the resurrection has to do with grudges. And I don't know, like there's something there. I feel like there's something there to do with fuming on this idea for a long time and not changing anything or not doing anything immediately. I feel like there's something there there. I'm but, not, part of what I struggle with with Danny is like, I'm not sure if it's trying to say something, if it's world building, or if it's just like trying to have its cake and eat it too by delivering us like this really shocking moment, but then not committing to it and still giving us a hat, like a clear happy ending. So I I'm feel not like. Sure. There's there's something to this sort of like the message being, you know, the, the freshness is a little like literal, but it being like a question of like, there are there are people you can save. There are things you can change. There are things you can fix, but you can't fix those while you're still trying to fix this thing that's already done. Like the you think you know, she brings Kango yeah. back save. or does she just she just leaves him dead? I don't think she brings Kango back. Let's be real. Yeah. I was kind of wondering, I'm like, why didn't she go for her dad first? 
Because that was my first stop. But I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I was like, why did you go for your dad? I'm like, I feel like if you're, it's a question of freshness, you don't know where that threshold is. You mm-hmm. start with the freshest because otherwise you end up with Chris all over again. Yeah. Except a hundred pounds heavier. Like, yeah. Now we, now he's Chad Coleman's uh, like Frankenstein and that's way worse. Chad, uh, Chad Coleman will fuck you up even without being a Frankenstein. I love she's asking. I need you to tell me your name. I'm like, what? What is happening right now? I was like, whoa. She's like, no, no, no. I really need to hear your full name, please. I'm like, I need your there name, really date no of birth, and social yeah. security number. And I was like, I guess there really isn't any etiquette to expectations when you resurrect someone. I suppose you you make it up as you go along. Well, you don't want to ask them who the president is because yeah. that's yeah. not something that I want to think about if I come back to life. <laughs> You ask them to do your secret handshake, you know, that's, that's the yeah. real. Well, and also it's character. Aisha. She might tell you like secretly there's a black president underground that. Yes. Being repressed by the, well, I don't know if she's that, she's not reptilians eating her babies. I don't think so. She didn't seem like that to me. That's how they get you. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, that is true. Like there's, you know, there are levels, but she's she the mid up Kanye West song. Like it's just. You don't know you don't know where it's gonna land. I got yeah. it. Right now a lot of jokes are running through my head and I'm just saying like maybe let's not let maybe let's just leave all of them on the cutting room. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm curious. I don't know, Ben. But... The whole lesson was strike while it's fresh. Yeah. Strike while it's fresh. Uh I'm real worried about how much black Israelite material is gonna show up in her Google searches. <laughs> I, I don't think she uses Google. Maybe yeah, she seems like a search engine. <laughs> she has a search engine I've never heard of. She just she's, she's, not, she's not a duck duck go person. Is that what if you're it's not on the dark web? She's not there. Definitely <laughs> using signal. Like, do we do we agree that you know all no tracking whatsoever? Yeah, it's just she's also an expert in Linux, you know. Yeah. I wonder if she's like, I got to bring Aisha back because who's going to do my hair otherwise? <laughs> I feel like the Aisha's... Let's get the... to the real issue. These <laughs> edges. Yeah, these edges. <laughs> exactly. She's <laughs> like, I have to make choices for my future. You know yeah. how hard it is to find a new uh, hairstylist when your brother <laughs> has come back to life and murdered everybody? Exactly. When you can just, when you can just sit on the porch and get it done? Yeah. I, yeah, and all I got to play is for some science homework help. Like that's cheap. Yep, <laughs> do some bio ho- homework and I'm good to go. I, yeah. I did love that sense. Like that really did hammer home where it's like this sense of a larger community outside the immediate family. Mm-hmm. I did appreciate. I did a. I appreciated that she had those extra connections. Like yeah. even when it's like that little kid that is at first like you know just hitting her with the water gun and then she watches like die and come back to life and then die again her whole s- sequence with that yeah that was haunting was, yeah where she was like shooting him and she's like you know this is what happens when you die i thought that was really well done like that was fucking awesome oh but no that like what fucked me up is when she's just looking him in the eye after he's been shot and like and the defibrillator does bring him back for like fucking 10 seconds yeah oh and, and then, then he like smiles you, you got at that, her you got that heavy like heartbeat in the background and then it just stops like that that fucked me up that scene in a yeah. good way 
I mean, and when it was on purpose, yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest, when I was watching that scene, I was like, isn't he already breathing? Are they just doing this out of fun? What's that? <laughs> it was just like, isn't he alive already? Why are they? I had that exact thought. I've had AED training. I'm like, if you're breathing, I don't think you're supposed to defibrillate. Like, I, yeah, I, I really was. I was unconscious. Like, I was like, pause, rewind. I'm like, I feel like he's breathing. He's looking right at her. Why are they shocking his? Why are they shocking him right now? This is for like, like we, we just got this new defibrillator. We want to see if it works. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, he'll be dead soon enough. Let's just see what happens. Well, so, and it's also the same thought that I had with Akaria bringing folks back. It's like, okay, you can defibrillate him. He's been shot. Like, you haven't, you would stop the bleeding wound. Whatever yeah, right? Chris it's did like, to him to kill them, you brought him back. But, like, whatever physical trauma they've experienced hasn't been like, yeah. Yeah. I did I'm think mixed, about that. I'm like, like, what I mean, for Chris, to, like, she did. She does do a lot of getting in there and digging some stuff around. I mean, I assume she right. repaired right. some damage and set some things up and. So some other things together. There's a lot of there's a lot of selling going on. I mean, they're doing, they're practically doing. I I have less problems with what uh with what she's doing. More of these paramedics who are essentially doing the red versus blue joke of like he's been shot in the head. Quick, do CPR. Yeah. <laughs> like even if you get that electricity, that heart pumping, like like you said, there's still the same amount of bullets inside him. Right. Yeah. You're just making the blood splurt out faster. Like <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If anything, you just electrocuted the bullet. <laughs> and now the bullet's just going to burn through. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what they're They're just trying to burn the bullet out. Eesh. I mean, it's the same Oof. the same level of Oof. medical science that this whole movie is based on. So, I mean. True. And where did she get Chris's outfit from? I'm sorry. I just had this like random free associated thought. Ross like, dressed for less. I was like, where did she get that <laughs> outfit? <laughs> uh, she, she took it off. To, that's what she took off dead mannequins. Oh, okay. I was curious. Dead mannequins? Yeah. I mean, that's definitely the in that store in the mall. The that implication really have a of the phrase the dead mannequins is hilarious and terrifying. Mannequins that they use for dead people clothes. <laughs> I read it as the mannequins that aren't alive anymore. You know, <laughs> yeah. like the live no mannequins. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's all the, mannequins. Not the inanimate mannequins, but the ones who were once alive and now no longer are. Well, these are the mannequins during the daytime because at the nighttime, they come alive, like in today's special. That's yeah, a reference. That, like Night at the Museum rules. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. That's, I mean, I'm making a, a reference to a or weird Night of the Museum kids too. show from, like last week we talked about Sharon Lois and Bram, and now it's today's special, so. What's today's special? It's a TV show from Nick Jr. I mean, I, I was, watched, we stole I cable. I watched a little bit of Nick Jr. I don't so remember today's cable. special. I love it. Yeah, no, I was I, I was no too busy being a, a cool kid watching Invader Zim and Kablam. <laughs> I remember no, was... singing Skinnerig. I don't remember today's special. Nope. Today's special was very early in the morning. That one was uh, there was there a man came to life, and there was a puppet mouse. Oh, there's no like way! A that Candle Cove situation. Like where only you remember it. <laughs> if I'm getting up at six thirty to watch cartoons, that shit is either Pokemon or Beast Wars. No, they fucking they, they, they mentioned. Oh, hell yeah, Ronin Warriors. You don't even get me started on all the fucking GeoCities websites I had based on Ronin Warriors and all the shipping that I did with them. That sentence is so wild. <laughs> no somehow comment. the most Emily sentence. I, yeah. I didn't, nothing about it shocked me. Oh, yeah, that, that's a Hall of Fame like Emily sentence. You young kids who had the interwebs when, when you were watching cartoons, I don't know what that's about. 
<laughs> I didn't have the internet when no, I was watching Nick no, Jr. Not, no, I I would like miss episodes of Digimon and just have to be like, well, I guess I missed it forever. Hope nothing too <laughs> soon. <laughs> we we I established sitting... last week that I was the poor kid on the podcast that didn't have Nickelodeon. And I was like, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know what any I rem- of these shows are. I didn't have Nickelodeon. I remember I mean, we being did in Hebrew cable. school, missing wow. a whole Saturday's morning's worth of cartoons, just thinking like, man, how cool would it be if there was some sort of crazy science fiction device that let you watch any episode of any show you wanted, wherever you were, and you could pause it and read it. describing VCR, like programmable VCRs, yeah. what that was. Yeah, we had yeah. this. Well, really, really smart right, I mean, that I could watch it instead of being at Hebrew school. Right. That's true. On My, Saturday uh, mornings. Alicia and the kids are watching the last season of Gilmore Girls right now, and Somebody picked up a, a remote and it made the TiVo noise. And I was like, oh my God, God. is that, wow. that's when this is. That dates it to like six months, like when this could have been. They just picked it up and it was like, and I was like, whoa. I don't think I've ever heard of TiVo. Oh, I had way too many. I knew people that had them, but if you don't have cable, there's no reason to have a TiVo. I had way too many TiVos. Way too many. It, What's it, the value of more than one TiVo? Same well, reason why I have multi DVRs in my room right now. If I don't yeah. feel like finishing it in that room, I'm going to finish it in my bedroom or finish it in the you say? game room. How, just how assume else? they were stacked on each other. <laughs> no. <laughs> Look, how else was I supposed to record episodes of 24 and Heroes? Oh, man, oh, Heroes. Man. What an awful piece of garbage <laughs> that I loved so much. I mean, the beginning, the first season. Y'all, oh, I yeah, read the heroes is very picture of a horse on this, like, like on the website. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh man, I, I, I'm right there with you again. The golden age of the ARG games. Oh, <laughs> uh, what a fucking fall! What a fucking drop off! All right, so yes, this movie did talk about race. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like yeah. that's a gimme on this one. I feel like it had a lot to say about race and class, and I think it's most of what we've talked about to this point. I mean, it was, I, I, it, uh, this movie had a lot to say about race and class. It's and the, sure, it's sure the uh I mean, Tango, the teacher. I told Brett that this movie was called An Angry Black Girl and Her Monster. He's like, what? That's what it's called? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, well, it better have what it's, or better does it do. Okay, let me start that joke over. It better do what it says on the end. And it, you know, it, it had an angry black girl, and it very much had her monster. Yeah, I mean, when she I, was angry. When I read the description of this movie, I'm like, I'm either gonna love this movie, or I'm gonna be heartbroken to have not liked it. And fortunately, I really did love this movie. It was fun. Yeah, yeah it was it, a fun movie. It, a, a big believer in women's wrongs in this movie. It was it was more drama than horror. Feel like, yeah. We feel like it was feminist. I think so. I mean, in that, but again, between Aisha, between Vakari uh, and Aisha, it had some like absolutely wonderful three dimensional uh, women characters, including like our main character, who again got you know got to be just such a rich, complex character. But I don't think the themes of the movie were like explicitly exploring feminist issues. Right? No, no. I think it was more about. I mean, having a main character who is a, you know, female scientist, like, is, is a, uh, a, 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 a genius poli- female scientist in it is, is, 
feminist in its own right, but yes, it's a political, yeah. like it's absolutely a political statement, like just in and of itself for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah. it's between it's got, Jada and Aisha. Yeah. yeah. And like having all the, even though, you know, Jada is really, I'm not sure how girl. I, I'm not sure how three-dimensional Jada was of her just like, I'm going to be the creepiest motherfucker in this movie. Yeah. She had she had at least two the dimensions. Were very three-dimensional. I mean, when she's just <laughs> when she's just showing up like with like her face covered in blood, just like dead like dead eyes, dead ass going like, well, bring them back. I legitimately thought she'd murdered her own family. I, I don't know why. I was just like, <laughs> I feel like you, she's just murdered you, everyone. I Look what Chris taught me how to do. You right. can't convince me that she didn't. Hey, true. That's, yeah. I, I was certain of it. I was like, has she just been watching Akaria? And it's just like, all right, I killed them because I want to see you you bring them all back. And then Chris I is sitting at the corner you. like, I'm like waving my turn to Chris. And Chris is like, well, it's me. I, 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 don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, that was off off camera. His like yeah. massacre of everybody was. That's, that's canon like, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah, he was just in the corner, like, <laughs> we'll switch. Let's switch today. Killing all study APs. What a moment that, in the moment watching it, was really creepy. But as soon as I kind of take a step back and really think about it, is the silliest fucking shit in the whole movie. This yeah. monster just singing the ABCs through the wall. I mean, could have been CS for Cookie. Could have been. Okay, copy, copy, Let's see. I think I've heard that. His vocal well range. Mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's sort of interesting because I was going to ask about the LGBTQIA plus plots and uh, people and themes. And it's not really a thing in this movie, but also like notably for a movie with a teenage female main character, there is no romance subplot whatsoever, which is nice in its own right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that really counts as, as anything addressing LGBTQIA, but like just because this movie would not have time for that anyway. Like, yeah. I mean, plenty there's... of movies that shouldn't have made time for that. That's yeah. true. But I mean, I, like, I think about everything that happens. I mean, maybe the Chris and Jamal could have kissed right before he put the machete through his face or something. And I don't know. Oh, yeah. I would have. That would actually I make more sense, like in terms of. Their whole dynamic. Then you said they slash them, and I saw Emily's ghost come out of her. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> a movie that shouldn't have spent any time on queer issues, so pretty much just shouldn't have existed. Which yeah, is not no, a thing I say about many movies, but the mention of they, sh- I, I try to actively forget that I, I would that have movie. loved for this movie to just take like a sharp left turn into Moonlight territory, and then just turn right back into Machete Land. I still like as fun as that would be to be real. I'm not saying it would make the movie better. Yeah, but it'd, be, it'd be something that I could have gone into this episode being like, hey, that was fucking wild. Yeah, but when we get to the sequel, you know, The Bride of Vicaria, it'll be. You know, oh, I love that. that. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. I kind of I'm kind of here for that, actually. Like, honestly, the, this movie did really like teeter a lot on that line of like just silly goofy horror and actually serious messaging which i think it was it was difficult for me to follow that way in terms of the the mood and the atmosphere so i don't know if anything else could have been really like 
properly tackled. Yeah, it's sort of a like it's not it's not necessarily a problem except for that you don't know what's possible in the movie at any point. Yeah. Like you don't know where it can and can't go because the rules are not very clearly established. Uh, and you don't know like what the mood even is from from scene to scene necessarily whether like you know somebody will will die of this this monster just putting his hands on their throat and not not particularly choking them but you know touching yeah. them yeah we we lose a whole family off screen we don't really know how that happens if that it does I mean um, if she had a girlfriend like if she had a girlfriend maybe yeah if they said she would have been a less of a creepy loner type. <laughs> Well, I mean, they did have the three girls that got to whoop her ass, so maybe they uh, <laughs> played yeah. a role. Oh somewhere. yeah, Kango's just fucking like Kango's angels who just show up for like one scene. Hey, that might actually be a feminist aspect. Just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he outsourced. <laughs> like he's got. I don't like, believe he, in beating women, so I hired some women to do it for me. Somewhat, yeah. He, he, he is an equal opportunity hench, hench person employer. Yeah, like I'm, I'm down with lady henchmen, hench, hench women, hench them. <laughs> there was a little unsettling to me how they just popped up out of thin air. Yeah, like, we're just, uh, we're do just they there speak? suddenly. They don't speak at all, do they? I think one no. of them says says something. I don't as soon think so. as she backed up and spun around and saw them there, I was like, oh, they're there to kick your ass. You oh yeah, <laughs> I was like, they're absolutely there to whoop your ass because there's no. But other she got off kind of light, like she had just like a black eye. I've never been jumped by three people that Sweet. I remember, but like I don't feel like I would get off that light. She I feel knew like there what was, was coming. I feel like it's, and it was what made Kango even early on, like not a good character, but certainly like an interesting character with more going on. And that, like, I did get the sense that he can, he did consider her part of his community, and was thus like more reluctant to. Like, he did seem to feel bad. Mr. Rogers, these are the people in your neighborhood. Yeah, where he's got yeah, where like there's this sense of like. I would like, you know, I may be doing yeah. like, I'd like to keep like my, I like, I still consider this and the people here like my house and I like to keep my house. Like, I agree with that. I mean, even the way that when she was breaking into the car and this is something that's so nuanced, the way that Curtis called her out by name, like mm-hmm. he was shot, like he had the gun up, then he realized it was her. He's just like, Ricaria? And he put his, put the gun down and he put the gun back up when he saw, you know, crazy monster guy sitting over there. But, I feel like it's one of those scenarios where had she not stolen his shit and been seen running from the scene of the crime or one of his folks, he, you know, I suspect prior to that, he had, you know, he was one of those folks that looked out for the kids, you know, which, yeah, makes it a more complex character. But still, he is an asshole who's selling drugs to people in the street and beating them up with, you know, hiring. I didn't know if that was like. Still again, twisted boy. regret for Chris either because didn't he express some? Like, I shouldn't have sent him. I shouldn't have like done. That. Yeah, I shouldn't have sent him down to kill those guys. So is this like his way of not making it right? But like, I'm not going to wrap his sister up in this, or I'm not going to like kill yeah. his sister in addition to getting him killed. Yeah. yeah. Well, he didn't really show any remorse about Chris until like all these people died because Chris was brought back as a, as a Frankenstein monster. Well, well, actually, basically until Chris is about to bust that door in and choke him out. But yeah, <laughs> there was that. Yeah. I mean, I'd have some regrets then too. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, we wouldn't be here if <laughs> I had sent the man ready. to his death. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, do we recommend this one to people? Oh, yeah. how yeah. 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 Definitely. 
definitely want to watch it again too like i think that there's a few elements that i would want to like look at it again now that i know what i'm in for and you know now that i'll i'll be used to that sort of roller coaster of vibes in terms of serious versus like crazy gory horror movie yeah yeah and i definitely recommend it too like i, I don't i mean i i hate when people say oh it's not a perfect movie but like i feel like it you know it's obviously made on a pretty small budget i feel like it maybe could have used one more draft in the the editing stages but like it's still like it's really solid and like the the cast is incredible like for yeah. for a movie of this obvious budget like they they really nailed the cast yeah and she's great chad coleman is great yeah and Whitaker. i mean he's i haven't seen him in, in too much recently but you know he's in great debaters that is that guy is good oh <laughs> yeah yeah. Well, that said, is there anything we would uh, recommend for people coming off of this? Uh, Emily, did you have anything? I mean, I was going to recall the first purge because of the, the through line of the drug dealer becoming the hero. Well, maybe not the hero, but the, be, <laughs> redeeming himself. But the other thing I'm I'm also going to, I think I recommended this a couple weeks ago, but I'm going to say it again, is the curse which is the A24 show that's on Hulu right now about it's like the it's this sort of deadpan comedy about this white couple trying to essentially gentrify a neighborhood in New Mexico through like affordable housing and like sustainable housing and it's just a disaster and they have no idea what they're doing and you know I'll watch a, a, a show about a reality show that's mortifying but it's pretty funny uh, and also has some of the best kid actors I've seen really great like just i don't understand it how so many kid actors like kid roles are written when there's so many people out there i'm sure have kids and only this it took this long for them to have these kids talk about roblox in order to be like convincing kids like i've never seen kids talk about roblox in any other yeah. show <laughs> i'm gonna say young colin robinson on what we do in the shadows but that, I mean, when he still played by a man in his late forties, yeah, like a well, Colin Robinson by himself. I don't think he's supposed to represent a uh, a child, like an everyday child. But are you um, saying everyday children aren't meant to have the face of forty five year old Mark Proch? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, actually, like I mean, if they do and I can't help it, then you know we'll, we can deal with that. It's fine. As long as they're not like psychic vampires, well, and even if they vampires, I mean, on purpose. Ben, did you have any? Uh, uh, yes, if you are. So I'm not exactly sure where you can find it, but hopefully it's available somewhere. If you can find one of the recordings, the videos they put out of the Royal London Theater production of Shakespeare, specifically with Benedict. Cumberbatch as the monster and Johnny Lee Miller as Victor Frankenstein. It, you know, I was very lucky enough to see it when it was performed, when it was like being performed, when I happened to be in London. And then I watched it again when they put a video out of it in 2020, and it was just Ooh. as good as I remembered. It is no joke the best play I've ever seen in my entire life. Nice. Fantastic. Emmanuel, did you have anything you wanted to recommend? Uh, yeah, I. I came with two recs this time because I got scooped last time. Uh, <laughs> but the clone Tyrone, I think, does the person gets killed and is brought back 
thing really well. It's a lot of fun. I think it does a lot of the humor that this movie does. I mean, it's it's Jamie Foxx, it's John Boyega, like it, it it's good, it's fun, it's worth your time. So yeah, Snake Lone Tyrone. Fantastic. Aaron, what did you have? Well, an old school because I, like I said off air, I'm not a big, uh, I've never been a big horror person, but you know what? Let's throw some young Frankenstein with Gene Wilder in there because I really just like that movie. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a good one. Frankenstein. For me, I, uh, I was all prepared. I, uh, earlier this week sat down to read a uh, graphic novel. I was just going to read like a chapter or two of it and then come back to it later. And then, uh, at 1.30 in the morning, I had finished all of Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up With Me, uh, which is a fantastic book, if you guys Amazing haven't read it. Book. Oh, so good. Yeah, it's just like one of those that I was like, I started reading it, and I was like, well, I guess I'm reading all of this now. <laughs> it's so, so well written and engaging and, and like character voices. So good. Yeah, uh, that's a great book. But also, I just wanted to, uh, you know, by the time this comes up, it'll have been a couple months ago now, but Andre Brower just passed away last night. Yeah. And, um, Ugh. you know, Andre, he's a uh, really, really fantastic actor. Like look. really was one of those guys that like, no matter what he was doing, brought his a game, made stuff, his own, um, really did, you know, amazing work. Obviously people have watched Brooklyn nine, nine, like he's just a, a standout in that show. He does his own, like his, I feel like his own style of comedy, like something nobody, nobody else can quite do the way he did. It was really amazing. Uh, he was also in the last season of The Good Fight, which was just just came out this last year in 2022, which is is overall worth a watch as a show. But in particular, like his season, he plays a character named Richard Lane, who is uh, sort of a new partner in the law firm, who is like really interesting. He's a really interesting character that. Throughout the whole thing, you're just like, what is this dude's deal? <laughs> the whole time, you, you you don't know what to make of him. And I, I think, you know, that's, that's something that Andre Brower was really good at, is just, like, presenting a character that you're, like, not immediately like, oh, I know what this guy's deal is. But then, you know, several episodes in, you're just like, no, but, like, what is this dude's deal? Like, I really <laughs> like, I, it's so interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's he's a, he was a really great actor, and I, you know, Definitely recommend people seek out any of his work. But if you know, if you've seen all of Brooklyn Nine Nine, which I know is not as as easy to watch later on, but uh, you know, the the good fight as well is is one to check out for for him. He does some amazing stuff in there, and you know, he's done. I never watched Homicide. I was a little young to watch Homicide when it was on, but uh, I know a lot of people are big fans of his from there as well. Oh yes. <sighs> How many more do we have to watch? Uh, uh, Steve, one of my goals put in earlier in chat. He's like, well, buckle up, folks. It's that time of the year. We should expect a couple more before the end of the month. I'm like, well, that's uh, that's morbid. I'm that's, not really I don't like that. That's yeah. an approach that I don't know we should have taken here today. Yeah. So yeah, that, that one and Shane McGowan both hit me pretty hard over the last couple of weeks. I'm a big Pogues fan. But yeah, it's a tough one. Well, from there, let's transition to that. Uh, Emmanuel, can you uh, let people know where they can find more more about uh, you and what you do online? Sure thing. Um, I'm on Twitter at elipscom2. Awesome. And Aaron? Since I haven't started my OnlyFans site, I guess okay. I will. <laughs> if you no, listen to it, man. <laughs> if you listen to our show, you'll know. 
hey, you know, deck the halls. I said deck the halls. Build that stuff. You, know, you can find us uh, every week on the Talking Comics podcast. We usually release uh, an episode every Wednesday morning. Right now, we are actually taking a little break, having done a marathon recording of our best of episodes. So, uh, but any 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 Wednesday, you're going to find us out there just rambling on a bunch of friends talking about comics and nerd stuff. So, you know, look for us out there. You'll find us. Good stuff. And uh, Ben, where can people find out more about your stuff? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, find me on uh, Twitter, Blue Sky, Ben Con Comics. And then, uh, yeah, check out the Captain Laserhawk manga from uh, Tokyo Pop, my most recent book that's out. Fantastic. And Emily? Megamoth.net. That'll take you to wherever you want to go. My my Twitter, my Blue Sky, my uh, Instagram, Mega underscore Moth, and most importantly, my Patreon. Fantastic. And for me, you can uh, find me on Twitter and Instagram at jrum 58 You can find me on Blue Sky and Tumblr at Jeremy Whitley. You can find my my many things I've written uh, on my website at jeremywhitley.com or at your local store. When this is coming out, The Cold Ever After, my book with uh, Megan Wong from Titan, will have either just come out or already be out for, for a couple of weeks, depending on when you're listening to this. So go buy that. Check it out. Read it. It's a you know, queer Arthurian noir type story. So it's, it's probably not like anything else that you've read. <laughs> it's a weird one. And uh, as for the podcast, you can find us uh, on Patreon as Progressively Horrified on our website at progressivelyhorrified.transistor.fm or on Twitter at ProgHorrorPod, where we would love to hear from you. And speaking of loving to hear from you, we would love it if you'd rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. Good reviews means uh, it gets recommended to more people, so we get more listeners, so uh, we get to make more stuff. But it really just benefits you guys in the end. Thanks again to Aaron and Emmanuel for joining us, guys. This was great. It was a lot of fun to talk about this one with you guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Appreciate being Absolutely. a guy back again. Thank you Love so much for coming on, you guys. Yeah, really yeah appreciate it's, always, it. it's always awesome to have you guys on. Great. Another one of those that I'm, I'm glad we had this podcast to talk about it, because otherwise I'd just still be thinking about it by myself. <laughs> yeah. Fair. <laughs> very fair. Yes. It's all very therapeutic for you, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. And hopefully for you all, too. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, thanks as always to Ben and Emily for joining me, and uh, thank you to all of you for listening. And until next time, stay horrified. <laughs>